It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, go to ellerslie.com. So Eric, we've been in a series walking through life lessons, and there's been some doozies yeah. thus far. And I'm really actually excited about this idea. You know, we live in a culture where, you know, it's it's a very self-centered, very driven, self-protecting kind of a mindset. When when you look at scripture, the whole kingdom really is a backwards flip of almost everything that the world esteems. Do you want to unpack this idea of just the upside down kingdom and and what does that mean practically for us as believers? Yeah, I think you know what I think we're going to end up calling this message something about the upside down kingdom, right? And because that for us is a language that enunciates what we have entered into. When we believed in Christ, we were transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the dear son. And that kingdom of the dear son has a nature and a disposition to it that is holy. Well, what does that mean? It means it's other than the system that we exited. And that's a very unique process to walk through as a new believer to begin to recognize that, yeah, this is a change of everything. The way you think, the way you look, the way you speak, the way you hear, the way you process, the way you uh, spend your downtime, the way you spend your money, the way you do everything suddenly has a new model for it, a new way. There's an example that's been set for us where uh, God came down, took on a human body, and lived out a life to show us how to think, how to look, how to speak, how to hear, how to act. And he's giving us the Holy Spirit so that we could enter into this new way, this new program of living, the way we were intended to be. And so trying to gain language for that, this upside-down kingdom, it's like the kingdom we enter into, it's like, oh, no, this isn't like the kingdom you just exited. Christianity around us, especially this modern rendition, oftentimes tries to take the old kingdom and add some like morals to it or some virtue to it. And that's part of the problem is you have to be willing to do the flip. You have to be willing to accept Christ's way, which is definitely opposing to ours because our system is based on self. It's like, well, what do I want? So we wake up in the day and we're like, well, this is what I feel like. And the kingdom of heaven is based on what he wants. It's like, whoa, 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 what about me? It's like, well, you need to deny yourself so that you can adopt his way. And that's that upside down thing where the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is a servant of all. And we're like, whoa, a servant, that's a low position. Well, not in heaven. And so it's learning to think and reason and act according to a different pattern. Yeah, I love that. One of the things I really noticed when I was studying through Ephesians is Paul is, especially in chapter four, he's talking about, you know, taking off the former life, which is that old garment of of flesh and putting on Christ. And then he begins to contrast him very specifically, which is so intriguing. We were to, you know, take off lying, put on truth. You know, we're to take off unrighteous anger, put on righteous anger. And if you start to work through the list, it it almost is unnerving because everything that we're told in our culture uh, to esteem and to live, it's like in Philippians chapter two, Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Yeah. And it's a little painful to recognize that the word in Greek for nothing <laughs> does mean nothing. <laughs> you know? Like, so excuse me, Paul, you're telling me I'm to do nothing, like yeah. nothing out of, out of a, a self-focused self, you know, grip, you know, you know, uh, pick yourself up by the bootstraps kind of a concept and in everything work out in humility. It's like, yeah, but who does this? Yeah. Jesus does. Yeah. Uh, before we were 
even before the episodes, we were talking about this idea or this phrase that's in scripture. And I think it's a good way to encapsulate just this idea of the upside down kingdom where, you know, the, if you want to be first, you got to be last. If you want to be great, you got to be the least. It's just that whole backwards concept. It's in this idea of gentleness. Could you just unpack that idea? Because when I hear gentleness, yeah. it's not a term I would typically go, yay, I need to be more gentle. It's like, that's what I don't that's not what our culture esteems, in other words. Now, we all know that if you were to take all the virtues of Christ, you're going to end up with a list that looks fairly similar to like the fruit of the Spirit, right? And But gentleness is one of those. Prates is the Greek word. And one of the ways that we've tried to articulate that, because it sounds mushy and soft. If you're gentle, that just means, you know, you're sort of a pushover, I guess is how it can be wrongly applied. When it's not being a pushover, it's actually very purposely making a decision to agree with the Holy Spirit's work inside of us. Because what we're describing here in this upside down kingdom is something that we in and of ourselves cannot perform. So we can esteem it all day long, but we need power from heaven to be able to do it and to enliven it, which is why Galatians is going to list this fruit of the spirit, which is similar. It's a contrast. You have the fruit of the flesh, you have the fruit of the spirit, and it's the opposite of the way we're bent. We're bent towards the flesh. We're not bent this way. And gentleness is one of those faculties or attributes or behaviors that showcases itself when someone who is carrying Christ inside of them encounters a Christ-hating world. And this is there's a certain way that someone encounters suffering or difficulty or uh, diminishments or uh, loss or betrayal, because that's that's what we get. When we stand for Christ, we are, in a sense, setting ourselves up for a conflict. We're setting ourselves up for a, a war. <laughs> We're suddenly picked to fight with the entire systems of this earth. It's like, uh, did you count the cost for this? I mean, what were you thinking when you left the kingdom of darkness to join the kingdom of the dear son? Because he is the opposite of this world, and he is the antagonist to that world, just like the world is the antagonist to Christ. And so we need something very specific, that when you slander me, when you punch me, which happens all the time, yeah, this yeah. is a very common thing. <laughs> when you undercut me, I shouldn't be saying you, that's, that's terrible. When that person out there that is not like you, right, does this, how do I respond? Now, we know enough of scripture to say, well, I think we should forgive them. We have, we have our package response, but actually in the moment, there is a spirit power and a spirit behavior that God wants to cultivate in us, and that's gentleness. We oftentimes call it the opposite spirit. So, for instance, if someone is going to speak evil of me, well, I respond by speaking good. If someone is going to undercut me, I actually labor to support them. In other words, it's not that I'm helping sin or I'm enabling sin. It's that my response is the opposite of what I'm being baited to do. So if I'm being baited to strike them in the cheek, I'm going to restrain myself and bless them instead. And it is a it's a supernatural behavior. And it is not something that we just do because we're like, you know what? I'd like to try that. We have to say, God, I'm not equipped for this. He goes, I know, but I am. And he gives us power to showcase gentleness. Gentleness is anything but soft gushiness. It is power. It is strength. To be able to live that way, you have to have supernatural heavenly power. Which is, I think, one of the reasons I just love Christianity. There's a lot of reasons, mostly Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> but it is amazing how when you actually start getting into the practical living of Christianity, which we love 
talking about the practical, not just the head knowledge and, and the, the esteem of it. But it is interesting when you actually start getting into the, the practical workings of Christianity, what you begin to find is that everything that God calls us to is impossible. Yeah. And I actually think that's one of the beauties of Christianity because uh, it's like one of, my, one of my favorite Ian Thomas quotes, that when someone looks at your life and you're actually living out the reality of, of Christ and, and, and the fullness of the gospel, the only explanation for your life becomes Jesus. Because you in and of yourself can't whip this thing up. And that's certainly true of gentleness because it's almost like the, as you as you just said, the opposite spirit, the, the very thing that you want to do is what God says don't do. Yeah. And the very thing that you're just like, yeah, but I want to <laughs> do this. Or I don't want to do that. He's like, I want you to do that. And it's just this weird flip that seems so impossible in those moments. Yeah. It seems like, as I just look at the modern church, and you've you already said this, but we we're trying to play two games. We're, we're trying to have the get out of hell free card and, and call ourselves Christians and yet have the best of the world. And yet we, we can't straddle that fence. Do you have any practical thoughts for someone who's listening, who just says, okay, I get it. Uh, yay. Uh, we should be backwards and, and opposite of what the world says. And, and we know that I think just intuitively, but yet what does it mean practically? How, how do we begin to move forward in this thing of, all right, I, I have been self-focused and I have been trying to, you know, get people's attention on me and I've been seeking popularity and fame and, and, and I've been wanting, gathering all this stuff for me. It's, it's under all this banner of, of the world stuff. How, how do you, how on earth can you just release that yeah. and become the quote unquote fool uh, for <laughs> Jesus Christ? What does it look like to practically step into this idea of gentleness? Yeah. Well, there's, there seems to be, steps that we take that are big steps like when we when we leave the systems of this earth we believe in christ there's a transformation it's a big transformation and there's a lot of micro steps forward that make up the journey of the christian and i think a lot of us struggle because we look at ourselves and we're like look i've been a christian for how many years and i still have a selfish bent and we can't figure that out if, if christ lives in me how could i behave this way and that's where you begin to recognize where the rubber is meeting the road in your spiritual life is in a moment-by-moment, daily way that you will naturally gravitate back. There's a certain magnetic pull downward in our life, which is why we need to pick up our cross daily. We need to die daily. We need to choose daily. When we wake up, we're making a decision for that day. And so when it comes to some of this stuff, Instead of just saying, I'm going to fix my life, everything about my life is going to be exactly opposite of the way I've been living. It's allowing the spirit of God to sort of take the helm and hold the steering wheel on that. Because we have a tendency like, I need to be finished. I need to be perfected, which is great. It's a great desire to get to that destination. But how you get there needs to be his lead. And so this is where you submit yourself to God and you say, God, I need you to work inside of me, and I give you latitude to move. I give you latitude to convict me. I give you latitude to shine your light in the depths of my soul. If there's something that you want to start working on today, my answer is yes. I'm I'm game. And we might be trembling a little when we say it because we don't quite know what he's going to do if we say that. But I'd say that disposition of readiness is where it starts. It's the most practical dimension of practical Christianity where we say, yes, Lord, even before you ask, 
my answer is yes. It's a pliability. And pliability is something that, yes, it's the Spirit of God that's even made you pliable, but that's where it's starting. The fact that you're desiring to show gentleness is a symbol that the Holy Spirit is working in you because the world would hold it in contempt. But you have a desire to actually risk even looking different than the world and looking like Christ, which is a high-risk operation because it leads to all the need for gentleness when you have that. And so I would say that would be a, at least a, a practical, even though it might not feel as practical to some people. Well, maybe to encourage people who are listening too, which this may not come across as an encouragement, uh, but I am quite convinced that God will give all of us opportunities in the next 24 hours to prove this out because there are always opportunities to walk in gentleness. Uh, typically, and it's the people we, that we love the most that we almost need to practice gentleness the most. Yeah. You know, it's the people we work with, the people we live with, it's the family, it's the church yeah. members, where it's so easy to take them for granted and you you don't actually walk in a, 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 a kindness and a love and, a, and that gentle spirit. So I'm fairly sure that God will give us opportunities to walk in humility and to live in that abiding life and throw ourselves in dependency and trust on him to saying, God, I, I need you in this moment, um, which is actually a beautiful way just to live all the time. I think that's a that matches with a practical step too. It's, it's, it was a key practical step in my life is I remember being changed by Christ in college and then coming home for a season. And my family would get under my skin so quickly. And I remember God sort of teaching me the fact that if I'm, because I wanted to be a missionary, I wanted to go into this world, I wanted to share Jesus, that if I'm going to be effective, I need to start there with my parents, with my brother and sister, and I need to exemplify the working of the spirit of grace in me, in and through those relationships and in those relationships. And that's what qualifies me to go into this world and to represent him well. Because we, in a sense, cancel or nullify our, our effectiveness by having a, a poor home life. If you have a bad marriage, it nullifies your effectiveness. If if you're sharing Jesus with someone and then they see your marriage fall apart, your your competence as a gospel tier is suddenly just you know undercut. If you're sharing the gospel with the nations and yet your families fall into pieces, it demonstrates to them in their mind, it's like, well, obviously this doesn't work for you. So why in the world am I going to give my life to it? But if the opposite is true, if you have a, a marriage that is solid, if you have a family that is solid, if your core is strong, then you have power when you deliver the goods to the world out there. That's so good. I think just even to wrap this all up, you know, one of the things I just keep coming back to in this concept is uh, one, it's impossible. And though Jesus is the example, he is the enabling grace uh, it is through his life and through his spirit that we can actually live this way. It is a fruit of the spirit himself. Mm -hmm. And what's, what I think is just beautiful too is that this should be a defining attribute of a Christian. That as Jesus says, we should be known by our love. Paul says we should be known by our humility. And yet this idea of just that opposite spirit and just that reality of the gospel, the upside down kingdom that we we so cherish and declare, this should be the mark on, on each of our lives. Amen. We have a... Is our scholarship program uh, going to be going? Wow, well, you're doing a whiplash, buddy. I know. I, well, because I could, I could just watch you, see in your <laughs> eye that you're ready to close this. I just wanted to add that in and see, uh, am I on the right track? Yeah, well, I was going to mention two things. Oh, I was okay. going to try to do a whiplash. Oh, so you were going to, so I was going to blame you for doing the whiplash. <laughs> so that was a wonderful segue. Uh, <clears throat> I think you should get a point for that. Yeah. Uh, so two things. One, we're in the middle of our Ellerslie Online program. 
In other words, for those who are interested in taking these kind of concepts deeper and saying, okay, how do I actually and practically live the Christian life? It, you know, we, we love teaching the word of God and, and, the, and the practical realities of the gospel. And so for a donation of any amount, people can sign up and just work through this online program that we have, which uh, it, it is so good. I, I would say it's not as good as being here. Yeah, it, of it, course That not. sounds course a little not. cheeky. It's like, <laughs> sign up. It's not, as, it's not as good, but uh, <laughs> it, it really has changed so many people's lives, yeah. especially for those who can't come here for a, yeah. for a training. Um, so I'll put a link for that in the in the show notes. But we love you to sign up. Again, it's it's kind of go at your own pace. It's all online, and it's for a donation of any amount. So there's really should be no barrier for you to sign up. The other side of that is if you do want to come to one of our live programs, uh, we are launching the scholarship giveaway this upcoming Monday, and so it's going to be going from Monday through February 15th. Where we are, I'm just so excited that we're going yeah. to be we just have the possibility and the, the ability to give away 10 full ride scholarships again this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's such a neat blessing that people have helped come alongside Ellerslie to say, we want to see students be able to come. Yeah. And so we're going to be giving away 10 full ride scholarships. And so there'll be information on the website and I'll put a link in the show notes, but all that'll be coming out on Monday. So stay tuned. We'd love to have you join us for an in-person program. That's great. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. If you'd like to learn more about Ellerslie, our discipleship programs, or support the ministry financially, please go to ellerslie.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.